If the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for February 26th, 2012. And today, although it is a current event and weekly Bible study, it's almost kind of like a dedicated teaching. Uh, not going to be a real long teaching, just got really swamped this week. And uh, I've been putting up these three and four part teachings with 40 page, 30 page, 25 page PDFs. And with the way the ministry's grown, it's it's hard for me to keep that up every single week. Um, but... This teaching is going to be more focused in on uh, the Middle East, uh, Syria, we're going to be talking about Iran, a lot about Iran, Syria, the issue of the whole Islam-Muslim mentality, how the New World Order sees it, the whole Ordo Abkal, the order out of chaos, and how they're going to use this to bring about the, the World War Three. what we've talked about a lot, how... These, who they call themselves or term themselves as ascended masters, Maitreya, uh, how they're viewed, how, how they're going to figure in, particularly the Imam Mahdi or the 12th Imam, the ones that the, the long-awaited savior of the Muslims who they're waiting for, and the reason that they, real, the, the reason that they believe that uh, he can only be brought about through much bloodshed. I'm going to try to kind of give the big picture on all of this particularly for the new listeners as well, because I haven't really reported on this a lot lately. And this is going to figure a lot into the end-time scenario that we're going into. And um, usually you'll see one side of this argument or maybe another. But rarely will you ever see somebody present this in in a balanced format where we're kind of looking at the big picture and not putting all of our eggs in one basket on a particular theory. I'm trying to have some balance when we look at this subject, and this is what we're going to try to do. The PDF for today is only uh, really, well, it's 11 pages, and uh, I imagine it'll end up being one or two parts. So, first article from Cutting Edge, it's being reported that Iran has possessed nuclear warheads and that Western intelligence has known of it for years. Now, the big thing now we're seeing is, oh, is Iran going to get nuclear capabilities? Okay, well, Cutting Edge has been saying for a long time, and then a lot of other sources that I've known them for years, that Iran has already possessed nuclear warheads for a long time, and Western intelligence has known this for years. But again, this is a scenario, this is a supposed crisis that's being created so that we have some excuse to go to war with them, or we have some excuse to blow the gas pli- gas prices way up in, in, in into the stratosphere, because I, you know Iran's not going to be, you know, the shipping petroleum or whatever. Uh, there's a lot of different reasons, but again, it, it comes down to creating this crisis so that they can control us and, and manipulate things. So this is an article from. The Washington Times, entitled, Iran Already Has Nuclear Weapons, uh, Intelligence Has Known It For Years. This, this came out October 27, 2011. And quoting from the article, The pressure the United States and the West is bringing to bear on Iran to keep it from acquiring nuclear weapons is all for naught. Not only does the Islamic Republic already have nuclear weapons from the old Soviet Union, but it has enough enriched uranium for more 
what's worse, it has a delivery system as well. Now, this is from the Washington Times. Okay, why isn't this, like, mainstream news? Well, it was out, but it's not going to be promoted by the mainstream news because it doesn't fit with their current agenda of, oh, Iran's almost nuclear capable at this point or whatever. They've had this stuff for years. In 2012, or 2002, Cutting Edge was posting on their daily news updates when we were shocked to see a global research article reporting, now this is back 12, 10 years ago, okay? Global research article, and I think they're a very good source as well, that reported that a Russian general had admitted that Iran had nuclear warheads and a regional delivery system. You can read the full article, there's a link here. It's entitled Mushroom Clouds in the Middle East, Part 2. Our research following this June of 2002 news conference revealed that Iran had bought nuclear warheads off the shelf from Pakistan, which has always been hunting for ca- hurting for cash, and then turned to North Korea for delivery systems. So they got the warheads from Pakistan, they went to North Korea for the actual delivery system for the missiles. The Washington Post article stated that Iran bought nuclear warheads off the shelf from the old Soviet Union, specifically Kazakhstan. However, Iran came to possess nuclear warheads is irrelevant. The fact is, Washington Post is confirming our repeated assertion that Iran already possesses nuclear warheads and that the West already knows it fully well. The fact means that Western leaders are deliberately engaging in lying propaganda designed to keep everyone constantly on edge and worrying about war and economic collapse. Remember, Jesus said there will be wars and rumors of wars. See that your heart not be troubled, these types of things. Earthquakes in diverse places, plagues, pestilences. Matthew 24, well, that's where we're basically at, you know, prior to the tribulation. Exactly what Jesus said was going to happen, it's happening. And this is this whole wars and rumors of wars garbage that we're dealing with right now. It's And again, just to reiterate that, the, the, these Western leaders are deliberately engaged in lying propaganda designed to keep everyone constantly on edge and worried about war and economic costs. It doesn't mean that there's not some real dark days ahead, okay? I'm not saying that at all, but uh, understand it's contrived. It's a script that they're going by. Let us return to the featured Washington Post story where it says, quote, Meantime, Paul Munsterman, the vice president of the German Federal Intelligence Service, said Iran had received two of the three nuclear warheads and medium-range nuclear delivery systems from Kazakhstan. It was also reported that Iran had purchased four 152-milliliter nuclear shells from the Soviet Union, which were reportedly stolen and sold by former Red Army officers. To make matters worse, several years later, Russian officials stated that when comparing documents in transferring nuclear weapons from Ukraine to Russia, there was a discrepancy of 250 nuclear weapons. End of quote. So, if Iran already has 250 nuclear weapons, that's a sizable arsenal, much larger than the one Israel is, is supposed to wield. What the actual real truth is, uh, you know, God knows, but <laughs> they've had this stuff for at least 10 years. So, it just when you see the uh, mainstream media news, <laughs> you kind of start looking at things a lot differently Particularly in this one topic, you're going to look at things a whole lot differently. 
knowing this information. But if you buy into all their garbage and propaganda, which is basically just lies upon lies, you're going to think, oh, well, yeah, we, we got to go over there and we got to, you know, annihilate Iran before they, they've already had it. So, again, hopefully gives you a little different perspective there. Now, here's another thing, another aspect to this whole big picture perspective. And this is from the Washington's blog, and it's entitled, U.S. Fighting on the Same Side as Three Terrorist Groups in Syria. Al-Qaeda is supporting the Syrian opposition, so is the Muslim Brotherhood, and so is Hamas. This is curious, given that the U.S. is supporting the Syrian opposition, and they have a little link there you can click on, considering also military options for ousting the Syrian government, American allies, Britain and Qatar, allegedly already have foreign troops inside of Syria, and the U.S. has been planning regime a regime change in Syria for over 50 years. So, you know, supposedly we're in this big war on terror, and there's all this proof to, to prove that the CIA actually created al-Qaeda, okay, that, that Osama bin Laden was actually a CIA asset, he was actually treated in army medical hospitals. He had, um, uh, for, uh, I believe, uh, diabetes or kidney, or kidney failure. He was seen in the medical hospital. There were articles that came out in French news mag, uh, papers that where he was actually seen being treated in a U.S. medical hospital right prior to 9-11. 9-11 is a whole other can of worms. If you think that, if you believe the, the storyline of 9-11, just key in, uh, loose change, final cut. Loose change, final cut. Uh, 9/11 on uh, YouTube. I've never, I've never had anybody come back to me and say, "Oh, I can refute that." It's, it's irrefutable. And that's just one video or architects for 9/11, like those thousand plus architects that say 9/11 was a total inside job. There's no possible way those buildings, which f- fell in total demolition fashion straight down, and there were explosives that people heard, and you could see it even on the videos going off, as the buildings were collapsing, it was a total scam inside job. I mean, it was, it's not even, the, the amount of evidence is so overwhelming on that. You know, architects for 9-11, key in that, you know. And those are architects. These are guys that build buildings all day long. Building 7, nothing even hit it, and it collapsed. I mean, how did that happen? Well, it was, it was a controlled demolition. It was order out of chaos. It was all by design, created for us to focus in on terrorist groups that many times we've either created or totally abetted and helped. Now, do they really want to kill us? Yes, they do. And this is the thing that people like Alex Jones and them don't acknowledge. It's almost as though, oh yeah, he only talks about the one side of, yeah, we helped create Al-Qaeda. But, hold on, what does their Quran say? The Quran says to kill and annihilate and slay and behead the infidel. What's an infidel? A non-believer in Islam. And when we go over there and we incite them, and we, and we use depleted uranium to tip our ballistics over there, when we go over to Iraq and we, and we, and we engage in all this wholesale killing and we spread depleted uranium all over the place and it's causing massive birth defects, and if you don't believe that, key in Beyond Treason, uh, I believe in YouTube or online, I know you can watch it for free online, key in Beyond Treason, I've never seen anybody refute that video either. They're interviewing 
actual doctors that were over there and have seen the aftermath of all the depleted uranium. And it has a half-life into the millions of years. Causing just horrific cancer rates and birth defects. And I mean, when they have a child over now, they don't ask if it's a boy or girl, they ask if it's normal. If it's, I mean, these deformed babies these people are having look like they're, they don't even look like they're human. I've seen some of the pictures. It's unbelievable. Thanks to our wonderful government that tips their ballistics with depleted uranium. And that's just one atrocity. So when you go over there and you incite them, they already hate us anyway. We're the great Satan, known by them. And then we give them reason to hate us. And then we aid the opposition and partially create the opposition, like Al-Qaeda, and have CIA assets in there. I mean, the Bush family vacationed with Osama bin Laden's family. That's on record. They were business partners. They were seen in the White House together. Osama bin Laden's family were one of the richest families over there. It is that bad. If you do the research, you'll find out that I'm not making this stuff up. It's just, you think this is going to be on mainstream media? The people that control this planet are the most wicked, evil, pedophilic sick, disgusting, generational, Luciferian, satanic people on the planet. Do you think there's anything they wouldn't do to pull the wool over your eyes? I'm not speaking like trying to rebuke my listenership. I'm just saying in general, if somebody's new, just start thinking about this critically. And then start looking at some of the facts, if you don't believe me. And and just take my what I said. I mean, do a little research. It's very easy to verify this stuff. Now, as long as we have access to, you know, the internet at this point, it's, it's easy to verify, but um, it's just curious that now the U.S. is supporting the Syrian opposition, who are all terroristic. I mean, they're the radical sect of Muslims. A lot of these dictatorships that have been in the Muslim countries were this near this radical in their agenda, but I've went over this in the last year or so. All of these... Countries falling like dominoes, one after another, after another, after another. And it's really funny because they always get governments installed in them that are much more Islamically radical than what was in there to begin with. How does that play? What do they have to gain by that? Well, number one, if we help them get in there, we can control them. And I mean the American government, the Illuminati or whatever. And number two, it's going to be very much more easy to incite World War III with governments that are radically Islamic, because they want to annihilate Israel anyway. I'm not saying the Zionists that control Israel are innocent either. But what I'm trying to do is say, okay, can we look at the big picture here? Can we look at how they're trying to orchestrate World War III? And how they're trying to play both sides, create their order out of chaos in order to bring about their agenda. So let's go further here. Uh, Then it goes on to say, now they're saying here the U.S. have been planning a regime change in Syria for over 50 years. Yeah, just like they've had the regime changes over the last year, or year and a half, on all these countries that have went down like dominoes. Now they've all got much more radical Muslim governments installed. And it's almost like we go from one to the other to the other to the other, because you can't do it all at once, because it'd be too much for the Illuminati to try to orchestrate that all at once. Here, the next, the next domino getting ready to fall is Syria. 
Goes, this article goes on to say, I thought Al-Qaeda, Hamas, and the Muslim Brotherhood were America's mortal enemies. If Hezbollah joins the opposition, it will be then a clean sweep. Why are we backing terrorists? Well, I just told you that. But going further, I added this part in. The puppet masters create the disorder, so the people will demand the order. Remember, it's the New World Order. Novus Order Sequorum. Just look on the back of your $1 bill on around the all the pyramid with the all-knowing eye of Lucifer or Horus at the top of it. Hmm. Interesting. And that Roman numeral at the bottom of the pyramid, if you add that up, it comes to the number 1776. This is when the Illuminati was formed. Yeah, it's when the Declaration of Independence was formed. That's what they'll tell you. But it was when the Illuminati was formed. On May 1st, 1776, by Adam Weishaupt. That's why that number's there. I mean, that pyramid is one of the most, you know, occultic symbols there is. And then you got the all-knowing eye of Lucifer at the top of it? Hmm, there's nothing occult about that. And then you have the Latin letters, Novus, uh, Anut Coeptus Novus Order Secorum. What does that mean? Announcing the birth of the New World Order. Anut Coeptus Novus Order Secorum. Announcing the birth of the New World Order. When was it birthed? 1776. That capstone on the on the pyramid is unfinished. The, the, the all-knowing eye of Lucifer on the very top of it is not quite joined to the main pyramid yet. Because the, their new world order hasn't become reality yet. That's why it's not joined yet. Yeah, You could do a whole study on that. I think Doc Marquis has a really good study on that. You could probably key in on um, YouTube video. Doc Marquis, a study of the $1 bill. You could do a at least an hour study on that alone, all the symbology. It's totally from the pit of hell. All of it. So, the puppet masters create the disorder, so the people will demand the order. The price of the order always entails handing over of control and loss of freedom on the part of the citizenry. So in other words, the price for the order they're going to bring about is always going to be us giving up more and more of our rights. And this is why we're seeing more and more of this disgusting, horrific, satanic police state that's getting worse by the day through Homeland Security and FEMA and Big Sis, Janet Napolitano, See Something, Say Something campaign, and all of this, now they're getting TSA in the bus stations and the train stations, TSA's getting more aggressive at the airports, They've got their full-body pornographic scanners that are irradiating everyone around them and taking pornographic pictures, and they're doing their full-body pat-downs, and which would be a sexual assault any other place than an airport. Than in an airport, you can't go and grope somebody like that any other place than an airport for it to be legal, other than maybe a prison or whatever, which is what they're trying to do. They're trying to create this prison state, essentially, where all of our rights have been stripped, where we've all been gelded, and we just submit. Well, it's the whole 1984 George Orwell all night, all over again. They're trying to create that mentality. And they know they've got you when they go to an airport. So that's why they're trying to do this. They're trying to break your will, essentially. So, what happens is, out of chaos comes order. 
their order, which is the New World Order. The trick of creating the chaos and then seizing power under the pretense of putting things back in order is a tried and true method of deception and manipulation. It is the meaning behind the Latin motto, Order Ob Cal, or Order Out of Chaos, which is also the motto of the 33rd degree Freemason. It is also referred to as the Hegelian dialect, after the philosopher George Hegel, who wrote about its effectiveness. He described it as thesis, antithesis, and synthesis. Okay. Others have described it as problem, reaction, solution. I've also heard it referred to as shock and awe. Is that... Uh, In that, firstly, you create the problem, and then secondly, you fan the flames to get the reaction from the public. And then thirdly, like Johnny on the spot, you provide the solution. The solution is what you were wanting to achieve in the first place, but wouldn't have been able to achieve it under normal circumstances. In other words, they go from point A to point B to point C. They just don't go to point C. They they give us point B for our benefit. So we think we're getting what we want, and we're getting what they want. <laughs> you see, it's, it's pretty brilliant. But unless you knew that was going on, unless you knew that the mainstream news was totally manipulating you to that, you really wouldn't know that, unless you'd done some research. Orwell described it as reality control, George Orwell. There are literally hundreds of examples of this method being used effectively throughout the course of history. A well-known example is the bombing of Pearl Harbor, which resulted in the, in the United States entering the Second World War. We knew well in advance that was going to happen. Well in advance. And we let it happen. And I've done a I've done whole, uh, whole section on that in a recent teaching, how we knew that was going to happen. It was, in the, it was in the Honolulu paper like a week beforehand. And we act as though, you know, we were totally clueless about it. We had intercepted all kind of radio transmissions, knew it was going to happen on the day it was going to happen. They let it happen. It was what got us into World War II. It got everybody fired up. Problem? Bombing at Pearl Harbor. Reaction? American public went bonkers, and they're going to get behind whatever the president says. Solution? Go to war. That's what happened. So, chaos was required... And so chaos was created. William J. Clinton, our illustrious former president, in a 1015 uh, speech on uh, 1995 speech given at University of Connecticut said, The road to tyranny, we must never forget, begins with the destruction of the truth. It's true. Okay, and they know this. And that's what they do. They destroy the truth so they can get us on the road to tyranny. Now, he's acting like the road to tyranny is, you know, he's acting like he's on the opposite side. He's not. He's on that side. He's on the side of creating the road to tyranny. And he knows that that begins with the destruction of the truth. That's why the Bible says, you know, my children are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Hosea 4.6. And we're not supposed to be ignorant of Satan's devices lest he get an advantage of us. I mean, if you believe everything coming out of the mainstream news, like most Christian people that would call themselves Christians do, do you think Satan might be getting an advantage of them? Because they're ignorant of his devices? Possibly? Hmm, I think so. Maybe they're being destroyed for lack of knowledge. Yeah, just drink another glass of fluoridated water. You know? Go go eat your... your deep-fried foods with, with preservatives and, 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 and use all of the products that have all these horrific chemicals in them. and It's destroying them on some level. 
body, soul, spirit, you know, there's a lot of different ways Satan can come at us. Here's the next quote is from the illustrious Albert Pike, highest ranking Freemason of the 1800s, the man that was actually credited with uh, reviving modern day Freemasonry, sovereign grand commander, mother of the uh, Mother, Supreme Council of the World, Supreme Council of the 33rd and Last Degree, Ancient Accepted Rite of Scottish Freemasonry, uh, wrote the book, The Bible of the Freemasons, called Morals and Dogma, was an incredibly high-level Luciferian, was also credited with um, the um, one of the creators of the KKK, is the only Confederate war general that actually has a statue of himself inside the city limits of Washington, D.C., you kind of wonder about that a little bit, wouldn't you? Well, you're, he's one of their own. Okay, On his page of 103 in Morals and Dogma, it says, Fictions are necessary to the people. Which is what we get mostly in modern day news. They're fictions. Created for our whatever benefit. Not really our benefit, but created for our diversion. And the truth becomes deadly to those who are not strong enough to contemplate it in all its brilliance. Now, in this case, what he's trying to say is that the truth, meaning their deception, their evil truth, we're not strong enough to handle it in all of its brilliance because we're just mere sheeple people. But devils, demon-possessed devils like this guy are strong enough because they're strong enough to contemplate it in all of its brilliance. See, one to them to call evil good and good evil. That's what the Bible says about devils like this guy. They twist everything. Then he goes on to say, in fact, what can there be in common between the vile multitude, like us people, who they deserve, that's how they view us as vile multitude. What can there be in common between the vile multitude and sublime wisdom? See, people, they view us as sheeple people, chattel, that have no right to the real truth, that have no right to knowing the big picture. And really, that's what we try to get into every week here. We're trying to actually give you what's really going on and how that relates to biblical end time, current events and, and theology and things of this nature. The truth must be kept secret. And the masses need a teaching proportion to their imperfect reason. So they're just spoon-feeding us what they believe the sheeple people deserve. The truth is always kept secret, though. And the masses need to teach in proportion their imperfect imperfect reason. That's a quote by Albert Pike on page 103 of Morals and Dogma. Now, just so you know about that Morals and Dogma, there's two versions. There's an exoteric and an esoteric. The esoteric version is much more rare and would be hard to find, and I don't recommend you bring these books into your houses because they're cursed objects or satanic Bibles or anything like that. It's one thing to read quotes online. It's a whole other thing to bring the books and the teachings or to buy them like I've had some of my Christian friends do. It's really weird. They buy these books, and it's like, why do you gotta, Why do you have to immerse yourself in this garbage? Read the Bible. Don't read the don't read the Satanic Bible, or don't read like Isis Unveiled by Madame Blavatsky or Morals and Dogma. It's funny because every time they bring this stuff into their house, they always seem to undergo changes, and they always seem to like fall away. I've seen it happen over and over. 
I'm not saying it made them unsaved, but it sure made them ineffective for God. And you can't talk to them about it because they think they've got it all figured out. Oh no, I, I need to know more about... This is why I have such a problem with ministries anymore like this... Not only is Tom Horn totally basing everything off Catholic theology now, and even worse, Jesuit Catholic theology. Got something new this week on on this Jesuit, and and, and he he only wrote this in French, and oh, it's this fabulous work of of Catholic theology and prophecy that that we've deciphered. Why am I going to go to Satan to figure out what's going to happen in the end times? Why am I going to point my readers to Jesuit rites, the, the most wicked, evil faction of Catholicism? Why am I going to point people to Sir Isaac Newton and his occult theories, like with what David Flynn was doing, to say, oh, I've discovered this ultimate truth that, that some guy that was totally researching witchcraft and occult people, oh, they're going to use it for God's Whatever, God's glory. It don't work that way. I don't see any Bible for that garbage. And why do we want to be immersing ourselves in this? I've got, I've got so little time anymore because um, with the ministry growing, I don't, I don't have time to get into that garbage or waste my time on that stuff. I don't think any of us do. I mean, if you're going to... You need to be devoting your extra time to reading the Word of God, the King James Bible in the English-speaking language. You don't need to be... You know, getting into all that stuff and get all wrapped up in that. I mean, it never ends. It's endless, like the Bible talks about, endless genealogies and fables and, and all of this garbage from people that were demon-possessed. Why do I want to go to that as my source of truth? And it's that's becoming more and more and more prevalent. Contemplative Christianity, emerging Christianity. Oh, oh we got to go back to the mystics and all of a sudden. No, we don't. We want to stay away from that garbage. We want to keep ourselves pure and, and, and undefiled and not wrapped up in that stuff. I'm not giving you bad advice when I'm telling you. I'm pointing you to the Word of God. I know I'm not, I'm not giving you the bad advice there. You don't need all this other stuff. I mean, if, if this ministry is getting, if, if my ministry is getting in the way of, of you spending time in the Word of God, then don't listen to me either. I don't want to take away from your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not here to do that. I'm here to, to hopefully point you to the Word of God, point you to the Lord Jesus Christ, glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. Hopefully many people will get saved as a result of getting their eyes opened ultimately. And that's how God works that out. I don't know. But, but I know there's been a lot of people saved that have emailed me, that's for sure, over the years. But ultimately, I don't want to be a stumbling block to anybody either. You're not supposed to put a stumbling block before your brother. We're here to build up one another in the most holy faith, to point people to the Lord Jesus Christ, and we need to we, we want to be operating in truth and not deceived. To reprove the unfruitful, unfruitful works of darkness and to have no fellowship with them. To mark them which cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine which we have learned and avoid them. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. Romans 16, verse 17 and 18. There's just so much stuff you can get wrapped up in anymore. Particularly on the internet or with books or whatever. It's just, it's never ending. All of the garbage that's out there. 
In the end times, knowledge will increase, according to Daniel. And oh, boy, is that true. But the problem is, is most of it is garbage, false knowledge. And then they're reading the wrong Bible versions, too. And the, the Bible talks about in Amos that in the end times, many will run to and fro, seeking the words of God, but will not find them. They're trying to find it in the NIV that's removed 64,000 words, over 64,000 words compared to the KJV. And in like Isaiah 14, basically, it says, How art thou fallen from heaven, Lucifer, uh, morning star? I had somebody email me about that this week. Well, I think it's some guy that had gotten to some cult belief system thinking that, that Lucifer and Jesus are the same thing. I said, well, he's reading an NIV. I can tell you that right now. Just from reading the wrong Bible version, you can get totally messed up. And then if it's an NIV reference Bible, it takes you to the Morning Star reference over in Revelation, which is talking about Jesus Christ, and you get totally confused. And then you want to build your own, he wanted to build his own little pet doctrine. He had his own little cult belief system. You better be reading that King James Bible. There ain't, there is not no 400 translations out there. They can't all be correct. There's only one word of God. The Bible says forever, O Lord, thy words are settled in heaven. So, that's a whole other issue. And these Bible translators like Zondervan and uh, Zondervan is the worst of the worst. You know, they're, they're um, HarperCollins owns Zondervan. HarperCollins publishes the Satanic Bible. Rupert Murdoch owns HarperCollins, who owns Zondervan. Rupert Murdoch's one of the most wicked men on the planet. I'm trying to keep it simple for you. Just keep it simple. Don't, don't get caught up in all this other stuff. You've got to have all this other stuff. Okay, so let's continue with this article. Syria will hold elections. Now, we're going back to kind of the main article here. Syria will hold elections and enact a new constitution in less than two weeks. But the UN passed a resolution recently calling for Syrian President Bashar al-Assad to resign. The U.S. and its allies will try to use this as a proclamation of international backing for an invasion of Syria. Russia said today it does not support the regime, regime change, though. The deputy minister also said Russia does not intend to persuade Syrian President Bashar Assad to accept the Arab League's proposal on sending a joint LAS and UN peacekeeping force to Damascus. They're just trying to impose their will on these countries, just like they've done over the last year plus, where they uh, where they ultimately say we got to have a regime change because we want to install a puppet dictatorship that's going to be ras- radically pro-Muslim that we're going to be able to control easier and will be much much easier to incite World War Three. I'm telling you, that's why they're all doing this, and they're trying to get all their ducks in a row before they do it. Russia opposes. Um, any regime change or removal of the president. In addition, Moscow insists on recognizing the role of the opposition in the current violence. Now, we, on the other hand, are supporting the opposition, even though they're radical, totally radical Muslim terrorist organizations bent on the destruction of America and Israel. Okay? We're supporting them. That's whose side America's on. Russia is actually on the side of the actual regime that's already installed in Syria. Russia has sent a large naval force to Syria in 
in a show of support for the Syrian government. And a high-level Russian general and former member of the Russian Joint Chiefs of Staff said that Russia will defend Iran as well. Now, you can see how if we were to attack Iran, Russia's already saying they're going to defend Iran. And then it goes on to say Iran and Syria have a mutual defense pact for years, so they're allies, Iran and Syria, and Iran is purported purportedly directly assisting the Syrian military in its fight with the rebels, sending 15,000 troops of his own. And China has warned against an attack on Syria and Russia. So, we attack Russia, that's basically like declaring World War III, where it's America and its ally, America and Israel, their allies, against Russia, China, and then all of the other Middle Eastern countries that are in league together. That's World War III right there. So, again, is it going to be contrived? Absolutely. But you can see that that, that whole scenario forming, and it's been a long time coming. I've been talking about World War III a long time. The Pentagon is readying for the possibility of intervention in Syria, aiming to halt Syrian President Bashar Assad's violent crackdown on protesters, citing a U.S. military official. According to the official, the intervention scenarios calls for the establishment of a buffer zone on the Turkish border in order to receive Syrian refugees. The Red Cross would then proceed, provide the civilians humanitarian aid before NATO crews would arrive from Turkey and join the efforts. The measure would pave the way for the U.S. to declare an aerial blockade of Syria. So again, I'm really just trying to give you the big picture. Not just look at one myopic myoptic aspect of this and focus in on that. It's the big picture you got to look at. you got to look at both sides. What is the agenda? What is the new world order? What is Satan trying to accomplish, essentially? Because Satan's at the top of the food chain. We can't ever lose sight of that. We battle not against flesh and blood. You know? It's the demonic, satanic, fallen angelic, satanic forces that we're really at war with here. And they're the ones that are really the puppet masters for all of this. So... That's something we, we never want to uh, lose sight of. Next article. Uh, the Iranian government, through a website proxy, has laid out the legal and religious justification for the destruction of Israel and the slaughter of its people. Now see, people like Alex Jones, they'll go up there and they'll say, oh, it's all Al-Qaeda, okay, created by the American government, and C- Bin Laden was a CIA ass. Listen, I agree. I agree. Okay, uh, and it's just, you know, this and that, but the bottom line is, these people do want to annihilate Israel, primarily, first, and the great Satan, America. And we've given them a lot of reason to want to do that. And that's what their holy writings, the Quran and other of their unholy writings, tell them to do, to kill and slay the infidel. So there's truth about that as well. To to act as though that doesn't exist, which is kind of what people like Alex Jones kind of do in some ways, is crazy. Because they do want to annihilate us. And we're, and we're, our government is helping to incite that whole thing and through the other reasons I've mentioned. (laughs) Many more that I haven't. So, Iranian government, through a website proxy, has laid out the legal and religious justification for the destruction of Israel and the slaughter of its people. 
This doctrine includes wiping out Israeli assets and Jewish and the Jewish people worldwide. Calling Israel a danger to Islam, the conservative website Alif, with ties to Iran's supreme leader Ayatollah Ali Khamenei, said the opportunity must not be lost to remove, quote, this corrupting material. <laughs> I guess the Jews. And it's jurisprudential justification to kill all Jews and annihilate Israel, and in that, the Islamic government of Iran must take the helm. So that's what they're bent on doing. Kill all the Jews and annihilate Israel. That's what they've always been about. It's always been their agenda. Always been part of their holy writings. Total annihilation of the Jews. Uh, The article written by Ali Riza Farghani, an analyst and and a strategy specialist in Khomeini's camp, now is being run on most state-owned sites, including the Revolutionary Guard's far news agency, showing that the regime endorses this doctrine. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff I get all the time from their own news stations where kill, annihilate, they're they're glorifying all these martyrs that have blown up innocent women and children and and men in Israel. They're saying, oh, you know, they're with their 72 versions, with Allah or whatever, and all they are is they're in hell. And they're glorifying all of these total, satanically demon-possessed terrorists that are burning in hell right now, like there's these big war heroes, and they've done this wonderful thing. And yet, when their questions about when they're questioned about Islam, oh, it's, it's a religion of peace. You hypocritical devils. It is as far from a religion of peace as anything I've ever seen. You speak out of one side of your mouth one minute and the other side the other. And then the fact that Islam condones and justifies pedophilia and, you know, taking little child brides and sleeping with them when they're like three and six years old and I've given you many stories about that and then and then having a, 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 a temporary marriage where like that one story I told you about where that Ayatollah guy came in and, and slept with this one guy's little three-year-old daughter had a temporary marriage with her that night and they heard the screams in the next room and, and the father's just sitting there all proud that this devil from the pit of hell's raping his little three-year-old daughter and they do this kind of crap all the time I mean, that's, you got to be demon-possessed of the toenails to be doing that garbage. Unbelievable. But that's okay, because they're a religion of peace. Lies. I mean, they're the most violent religion I've ever seen. And it's a cult. And that, and that thing where they've got those, those uh, boys that they get, I've seen those documentaries too, where they get those dancing boys, and they dress them up like women. They're like prepubescent, and these and these old, sick, vile, pedophilic Muslims all gather in these rooms, and they have these parties where they watch these 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 boys, these prepubescent boys, dance around dressed up like women, and they're all like around lusting after them, and then they all vie at the end of the night to see who can take them home, and and become their little slave, and they sell them off. I'm not making this stuff up. They do this garbage. It's 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 on documentaries. The BBC had a huge documentary on it. It was stomach-turning to watch that thing. But that's okay, because they're a religion of peace. Hey, Muhammad had a child bride, Aisha. 
took her to, uh, I don't know, married her when she was like six or three, and then supposedly didn't wait until she was nine, though, I think, to sleep with her. Nine. I mean, these, I mean, from its very inception, that devil death cult, moon god death cult, was cursed, evil, and sick, and disgusting. And they act, and they go around like they're so morally superior to everyone else. And that's one of the reasons they hate the great Satan, because we're so uh, disgusting morally. And uh, yeah, they're right, we are pretty bad. But you know what, they're no better. They're no better. It's all this facade, this this whole facade of, oh, we're better, we're morally upright than you, you great Satan. And they're going around sleeping with little boys and, and little girls and doing all this other garbage just because their religion says so. That makes it all right, and that makes it morally acceptable. No, it doesn't. Not in God's eyes. It's disgusting. So I expose them every chance I get because I've never seen hypocrisy like I've seen in religion in this. Well, maybe the Catholic Church. That it's, they're close second. They're probably running about neck and neck. And the Catholics might even be a little worse as far as just flat out hypocrisy. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how God sees it, but they're they're all pretty bad. Anyway, um, going further, going back to this article, it says. Because Israel is supposedly going to attack Iran's nuclear facilities, Iran is justified in launching a preemptive cataclysmic attack against the Jewish state, the doctrine argues. On Friday, in a major speech at prayers, Khomeini announced that Iran will support any nation or group that attacks the, quote, cancerous tumor of Israel. I'm quoting from the guy now, okay? Forgani details the Islamic duty of jihad as laid out in the Quran for the sake of Allah and states that, quote, primary jihad, according to some Shiite jurists, can only occur when the hidden imam, the Shiite's 12th imam, Mahdi, the 12th imam, or the imam Mahdi, returns. This is only when primary jihad can occur. Jihad means holy war. They are commanded in the Quran to make jihad against the infidels. It's just like if our Bible says, okay, kill everyone that doesn't believe in Christianity, that's what their Bible says to do. But they don't just come in like a bull in a china shop when they first come into a country. No, that, that would be stupid because then they would be driven out very quickly. They come in through stealth, through subtlety, just like Satan always works. They start to infiltrate, they start to brainwash, they start to gain a foothold, again they gain a toehold, foothold, and then when they get to a certain point where there's enough numbers of them, then their true teeth really start to show, and then they just start really fully implementing their agenda. See how it's turning out for France right now, and, and a lot of these uh, European countries, where they've got certain parts of the cities that are like, you know, they might as well be like a Islamic police state in there. I've, I've played many video clips on these horrific... This is what happens. This is the fruit of Islam. And, and to ignore that, like so many news sources, even alternative news sources do, and they say, oh, it's just all the Zionists. They've done all, okay, they are a big component. I'm not saying they're not. I'm not saying Israel's perfect, okay? I'm not saying that. But Islam is a total fact that they are 100% bent on the total annihilation and destruction of Islam. And, in, and it's not just me saying it. It's coming out of their own mouth, their own news agencies, and their own unholy books and writings. I don't call them holy. They're unholy and evil. So, you know, 
But it's interesting here that they're saying that primary jihad can only occur when the hidden imam or the twelfth imam Mahdi returns. The Shiites, the, the Shiite Muslim sects, there's the Sunnis and the Shiites, two of the primary ones. The Shiites believe the Mahdi's return will usher in Armageddon. Now, some people email me and say, yeah, but the Sunnis don't believe that. Oh, fine, but I guarantee you, when this guy shows up, they're all going to get on board. <laughs> Twelfth Imam appears, like they say he's going to appear, and he probably will. They're going to get on board real quick. You you wait and see. Okay, so I could care less of what they believe right now. When the lion signs and wonders kick into high gear, and the Bible says that's how the Antichrist and the false prophet are going to deceive the whole world, when all that stuff starts to kick into high gear, you better believe that a lot of people are going to get on board real quick on a lot of things that they may have been on the fence on for a long, long time. A lot of the denominational barriers, and I, and I don't mean just denominational Christian-wise, I mean denominational like in Islam, wherever, you name it. A lot of denominational things or walls or barriers that were keeping certain areas of different religions segregated, well, those, those denominational walls are going to start falling real quick. That's how we got to have, we got to have a one-world uh, religion, right? According to the Bible, it's got to happen some way. So, uh, let's go further here. Now, what I did is for people that don't know about this whole Imam Mahdi thing, okay? They believe the Muslim doctrine teaches that when this 12th Imam appears, he's only going to come through much bloodshed. He is the awaited savior of the Shiite sect of the Muslims, the 12th Imam. He is the one Ahmadinejad, Iran, Ayatollah Khomeini, and all these other guys are waiting for. And they, and they say he's already on earth right now. They've already met with this guy. And it's just a matter of time before he finally makes his appearance and ushers in the glorious age of, of Islam. Okay? That's what they believe. Now, I believe most likely, that this 12th Imam is a devil named Maitreya. He calls himself Lord Maitreya. He's had a United Nations sponsored website for a long, long time. He's the one that a lot, uh, some of the main New World Order groups, United Nations, uh, World Goodwill, Lucius Trust, a lot of the people that have wrote in the past hundred years, Madame Blavatsky, Alice Bailey, or Benjamin Krem is his mouthpiece, They're, he's the one that they have pointed to for a long time. Is he's going to be the one that comes on the scene. Now, he's got his own website. I've done several teachings on him. I posted the links here. Uh, one of them is entitled, Laura Maitreya, Is He the Antichrist? Another, And I'm not saying he's the Antichrist. I'm saying, let's look at it from a biblical standpoint. And I, I, I did a two-part teaching on that. I'll give you the links there. It's going to be on page 4 of the PDF. And then another one I did on Lord Maitreya and the Ascended Masters and Strong Delusion. These are back, clear back in 07 I did those. But the information is just as pertinent today. And then I give you a link to his website, just so you can believe it's real. And I, I just do a little copy and paste here. This is on his homepage. Share International is the website. And it says at the top, it says, In the midst of war, fear, and famine, new hope is in the world for us all. Oh, good. And that's what it's always about. Because, see, this Maitreya, the Antichrist, the false prophet, these 
this scenario, it's only going to happen on the heels of maximum tear trauma, and most likely that's going to be in the form of World War III, which is what we're talking about today here. Where's World War III going to originate? In the Middle East. Okay, it's been prophesied by the occultists for a long, long time. Out of the ashes of World War III is most likely going to come some awaited savior. In this case, it's most likely going to be the Antichrist and his religious sidekick, the false prophet. Okay, Maitreya, and I'm just saying what he claims to be, and I'm reading right from his website, many now expect the return of their awaited teacher. Now, this is from the, his website. He is awaited by all religious groups as, quote, the Christ by the Christians, the 12th Imam, or the Imam Mahdi by the Muslims, which is what we just discussed, by the Jews as the Messiah, Krishna by the Hindus, and Maitreya Buddha by the Buddhists. Millions now know that the teacher who fulfills all these expectation, expectations is already among us. Maitreya, the world teacher, has not come alone but with a group of wise teachers, the masters, who they refer to themselves as, who have long guided humanity from behind the scenes. They are returning to the everyday world to help us solve our most critical global problems. Maitreya is not a religious leader, but an educator in the broadest senses. Now remember, the false prophet is going to be more on the religious end of it. Okay? Whereas the Antichrist is going to be more the global world leader. Not to say there's not going to be religion involved, I'm just saying that the roles are going to be obviously not exactly the same. He is here to inspire us to create a new era based on sharing and justice so that all may have the basic necessities of life, food, shelter, health care, and education. Sounds like one of my, um, uh, Obama's promises with the health care plan. And when people found out that he was... When he was uh, going to be elected, they were running around. Some of these people I saw him running around saying, "Oh, I'm not going to. I'm going to have like a free house, and uh, I'm not going to have a car payment. I'm not going to have any more bills." <laughs> I mean, it was just insane what some of these people were saying when this guy got elected. But anyway, he see for for most people on planet Earth, you know, they live a pretty tough existence. You know, they are worried about food, shelter. Healthcare, edu- you know, stuff like that. So, when you say stuff like this to the masses, and then you talk about peace, and you talk about hope, and you use all these wonderful sounding buzzwords, it's like, well, where do I sign up? You know, this is the long-awaited savior of humanity. He's claiming to specifically be the long-awaited savior to the five major religious systems of the world, including the Imam Mahdi, or the 12th Imam, to the Muslims. Okay, Uh, so then it ends by saying, his open mission in the world is about to begin. As Maitreya himself has said, soon, very soon now, you will see my face and hear my words. And he's saying that when on his supposed day of declaration, everyone will hear him in in their own language, telepathically in their own heads. That's what he says on the day of declaration, is going to happen. Now, we've already got technology that is capable of producing similar things through this blue beam technology. Not only gigantic, huge holographic projections in the skies of religious figures can be projected that look real, and obviously this can be catered, uh, tailored, custom tailored to the regional religion of a particular area, Okay, but they've also got ways of beaming thoughts and these types of things into your into your head. I've, I've went over that technology before. So, 
you combine the actual satanic technology and then also the, just the technology that exists right now, you know, they've got things that, that could be very, very convincing. And again, the Bible says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 that God shall send strong delusion, that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned to receive not the love of the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So it's going to be the most convincing thing the world's probably ever seen, in some way, shape, or form. This, go, this article goes on to say, um, now this, we're going back to, we're going to come back to Maitreya, but we're going back to the article about the Muslims right now. I wanted to interject that because they were talking about the 12th Imam, and I wanted you to understand that there's somebody that's already right now saying he is that, Okay. Not to say he could be the only one, but I'm saying as far as United Nations-sponsored organizations, who I always look at the United Nations and see who they're pointing to. Not some little religious cult. Who are the United Nations who are going to most likely make up the backbone of the coming one world governmental system and religious system? Who are they pointing to? Who have they been pointing to for years? It's been Maitreya. So, Forgani says, going back to this article, Forgani says defensive jihad could certainly take the place, take place when Islam is threatened, which is different than the primary jihad, which is when the 12th Imam appears, okay? And Muslims must defend Islam and kill their enemies. To justify such action, Alif quotes the Shiites first Imam, Ali, who stated, quote, waging war against the enemies with whom war is inevitable. Uh, and there is a strong possibility that in the near future they will attack Muslims, is a must and the duty of Muslims. In this regard, Ayatollah Khomeini has issued a fatwa in which he has even authorized carrying out primary jihad in the age of the absence of the hidden imam. The article then quotes the Quran, and it gives the book chapter verse, where it says, quote, and slay them wherever you find them, and drive them out of the places when she drove them out for you. For persecution of Muslims is worse than the slaughter of non-believers. And fight them until persecution is no more. And the religion is for Allah. So that's right out of their Quran. Okay? And this is what they're quoting. Why don't they have these quotes at the top of every article ever talked about with Islam? Why can't we discuss what's in their unholy writings? I just see this rarely brought up in mainstream news. Even when they're talking about how Islam's bad, they don't bring this stuff up. They won't go that far, in other words. So, it is the duty for all Muslims to participate in defensive jihad. A fatwa by the late Ayatollah Ruhollah Khomeini made it clear that any political domination by infidels over Muslims authorizes those Muslims to defend Islam by all means. Iran now has the ICBM means, meaning ICBM missile, Intercontinental Ballistic Missile, that's what ICBM stands for, it has that means to deliver destruction on Israel, and as we have seen already, has nuclear warheads for those missiles. In order to attack Iran, the article says, Israel needs the approval and the assistance of America. And under the current passive climate in the United States, the opportunity must not be lost to wipe out Israel before it attacks Iran. So, see... There's a lot of, uh, of, you know, you can look at both sides of the story here, and, and you could say, oh, well, 
Iran's this or that or whatever. Iran, you have to understand, Iran really does want to annihilate Israel. And that's been part of their mandate in their own unholy writings ever since its inception. Here's another article. Um, This was entitled, Jews are enemies of Allah and humanity. Kill them. And it shows this billboard of this little kid, and I don't know, it's some where it's at, and it shows this billboard, and it says, My son, from your blood the sun arises. And it's, I don't know if it's some martyr or whatever they're promoting here. It's just so sickening. The propaganda they bring people up with over there. I mean, it's just, I, I just can't even fathom it. Uh, a sermon calling for the genocide of Jews was broadcast Friday by which is under the control of Palestinian Authority Chairman Mahmoud Abbas. The speech called the Jews the enemies of God and humanity and compared the Jews to Nazis. The following is the transcript of the excerpts of the hate speech in a mosque broadcast on Palestinian TV. It said, quote, The loathsome occupation in Palestine, its land and its holy places, by these new Mongols, and what they are perpetuating upon the holy, blessed, and pure land, killing, assassinating, destruction, confiscation, Judaization, harassment, and splitting the homeland are clear proof of the hostility, incomparable racism, and the Nazism of the 20th century. I mean, I don't even know where to begin with this unbelievably asinine, lie-filled, horrific quote. It's okay for them, it's okay for the Muslims, to launch... Over 11,000 rockets in like the last 10 years at Israel from its borders. So that, that, that's okay. That's alright. They're, they're, they're a religion of peace. They give the Muslims land. And all, they, all that does is the Muslims just move the rockets in a little closer so they can get a little better beat on their enemy. It's okay for them to strap nail bombs on them. And run into run into these coffee shops, run onto buses, and, and and blow themselves up with women and children. That's okay because they're religion of peace. But it's all these evil, wicked Jews. They're the ones to blame, and the Muslims are totally innocent, even though they're constantly, constantly, constantly doing everything they can do to incite violence, to incite retaliation. And all it is, is they're just trying to defend themselves at this point. Now, I'm not saying that means the Zionists are perfect. Or the Zionists aren't at the very top of the food, or part of the very top of the food chain, that are trying to bring about the New World Order. Okay, I'm not saying that. But they, like the Bible says, call themselves Jews, but are not. They are of the synagogue of Satan. It talks about that in the book of Revelation. They call themselves Jews, but they're not. They are of the synagogue of Satan. That's where I would put the Zionist people that are, you know, high-level Illuminati, yes, are they try- Are they probably trying to stoke the flames where this will actually come about? Probably, sure. But I'm not going to throw all the Jews in with the wicked, evil Zionists and throw the baby out with the bathwater, like a lot of people do. They're, it's like they don't have any balance when it comes to the subject. So many uh, ministries I've seen, it's like they're either one way or another. They either unquestionably... Uh, support anything Israel does and, 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 and act as though there's no wicked evil factions within Israeli government. Or they go to the exact opposite extremes and they say, oh, the poor Muslims, they, they, they're so persecuted and, 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 and they ignore all the other stuff. 
So I'm trying to give you balance here uh, with that because I don't know. I, I just I don't see a lot of ministries doing that. Not some of them don't address it at all. So I'm, I'm not want to make a blanket, broad brush statement over everybody. But anyway, the Jews, the enemies. This is back to this quote: the Jews, the enemies of Allah and His Messenger. Uh, the enemies of Allah and his messenger, enemies of humanity in general, and the Palestinians in particular, they wage war against us using all kinds of crimes, and as you see, even the mosques are not spared their racism. Racism. <laughs> of all people on planet Earth to talk about racism and bigotry. <laughs> this is like the ultimate of the pot calling the kettle black. I mean, it... I don't even, it, it's almost hilarious reading this. I mean, they are the most racist people on planet Earth. Anybody who is a non-Muslim in their eyes is an infidel and worthy of death. But that's not racism. That's okay. Because it's all done for Allah. The moon god. Anyway. Then it goes on to say, O Muslims, the Jews are Jews, the Jews are Jews. Even if donkeys would cease to bray, dogs cease to bark, wolves cease to howl, and snakes cease to bite, the Jews, though, would not cease to harbor hatred toward Muslims. Oh, those poor Muslims. The Jews would not cease to harbor hatred toward Muslims. I know, I mean, it's terrible, I... I don't know what this world's coming to. Those they just have so much hatred. There was that quote I've read many times where it talked about if the Muslims laid down their arms regarding the Jews, like if they would just stop firing their rockets into into Israel and stop fighting and trying to infiltrate and kill and annihilate Jews, then the war between the Jews and the Muslims would be over. Whereas if the Jews ever laid down their arms, what that would mean is the Muslims would just come in and annihilate them, and they'd all be dead. Because they have a mandate to kill them all. <laughs> so that's the difference between the two. But the Muslims are the only one. They're, they're, they're just terribly persecuted, and, and, and they're innocent, as pure as the driven snow, like Rebecca of Sunnybrook Farm, and they've never done any evil. And they're just it's just a terrible thing. And I have documented this over and over and over again, all of their terroristic attacks. All of the thousands and thousands of people they've killed. Suicide bombings and all these things. But that's okay. That's okay. We just ignore that as soon as it happens, as though it doesn't exist, and keep on calling them a religion of peace. And it's just the terrible persecution they've had to endure. I just love to point out their hypocrisy, because it's so... The mountain of hypocrisy is just amazing. It's just... It's hard to climb that mountain. There's no way I could ever properly frame it in words. I I just, I know I failed at framing the hypocrisy of Islam in words. I I don't think words could ever be strong enough to do it. So, then it ends by saying, The prophet said that if two Jews would be alone with a Muslim, they would think only of killing him. Oh, Muslims, and then it ends. No, it's the other way around. Now, I'm not saying all Muslims. There's a lot of lukewarm Muslims. Okay? But, let me tell you something. When things start to really, really, really heat up, and when you got World War III, and then you're going to have a lot of these jihadic 
fundamentalist Muslims, why do they call them fundamentalists? Because they're being fundamental to the faith of Islam. If they were all being fundamental Muslims, they would all be trying to kill the Jews. Why? Because it's mandated that they kill and slay the infidel. Just because you have a whole bunch of lukewarm Muslims doesn't make the the religion any less evil. A fundamental Christian is somebody that believes in the fundamental face of the Bible. Okay? Fundamentalist Muslims should be, but see, there's a lot of lukewarm. But I really believe that when things start to heat up in the Middle East, there's going to be a lot of Muslims with uh, swords to their throats saying, well, you better, you better get on board, buddy. You better, you better start being a real Muslim or we're going to behead you right here because you're being a fake Muslim. You're showing yourself that you love the infidels because you're not, you're not carrying out holy jihad. And then you're going to start to see a lot of radical factions of Muslims arise and a lot of people are going to be forced to make a decision. And I guarantee you, if it comes between them saving their own skin and becoming a radical fundamentalist Muslim, they're going to choose choose uh, saving their own skin and, and, and being a, a real Muslim. And then that veneer is really going to be stripped off. That's the way I see it playing out. I think a lot of these lukewarm Muslims, from what I can see, from the writings I've seen, sicken the fundamentalist Muslims who are hardcore jihadists. Do you think that the lukewarm Muslims are going to overcome the radical jihadist Muslims (laughs) through their lukewarmness? (laughs) Yeah, we'll lukewarm them to death. No, it's going to be the other way around. And we're giving, I mean, with all the stuff going on in the Middle East, it's just moving toward that. I have the handwriting so on the wall. Uh, it shows a picture here at the end here of, I think, the Palestinian authority guy. And he says, you shall fight the Jews and kill them. He's quoted on TV saying that. It's right on Palestinian TV, spreading the message of hate, destruction, and death. Uh, I've got a few teachings I've done on this subject. One of them is entitled, Obama to abandon Israel while embracing the Islamic nations. The next one is the double face of Islam. And the next one is Muslim, Islamic, religion, hypocrisy, exposed. So I give you, if you're not believing me what I'm saying here, I give you three teachings there, or really the last two, where we're really exposing the hypocrisy of it. Documented. So easy to document this. I mean, it's not like it's hard, where you have to really dig for this. It's so in your face, if you just scratch below the surface, what's going on here. So I'm going to go ahead and end part one here. And we'll go to part two, and that should be the second and final part. So God bless you. We'll see you in part two. Scott Johnson's weekly audios are available for free 24-7 on the Internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-N-D-I-N-G-F-O-R-T-R-U-T-H.com. Please help us continue this work. To support this ministry, our mailing address is Scott Johnson. Second line, 450 Conover, C-O-N-O-V-E-R, Boulevard West, number 202. Third line, Conover, North Carolina, 28613. Or on the internet, PayPal can be used at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you, and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.